Welcome back to the second part of my conversation with Dr. Eliezer Tayag, physical therapist, owner of Home Health and Hospice Agencies. In this episode, he'll describe what a typical day as a home health PT looks like. He also mentions things to learn before going into the home health practice. He shares the lessons he learned from working in home health and having his own home health business. And lastly, he shares some advice in starting a home health business here in the U.S. Let's go and take a listen. So could you describe to us um, what's a, a normal day of a uh, physical therapist in, in a home health setting look like? Okay, so if you're a full-time uh, um, home health therapist, normally um, if, you do, if you do OASIS, um, mm-hmm. I would say maximum of three or four OASIS a day. But if you're just doing plain evaluations and treatments, you can see as many as six uh, patients in a day. Mm-hmm. What, what I usually do when, when, for example, I have an entire day of patients, I call a day before um, and, you know, schedule all their appointments. What, what I do, I plot every single uh, address of the patient uh, strategically mm-hmm. um, in a way that, you know, I don't have to go from one end of the town to the other end of the town. The, the good thing with where I practice here in the high desert area is if you are in a certain city, or a few cities, it probably will not take uh, 10, 15 minutes to drive from one patient to another. And if you're confined in one city, it probably would be less than five minutes compared to, you know, like the Inland Empire where uh, it takes you 30 minutes to an hour in between or something like because of traffic. And we don't experience that much unless it's a major thoroughfare in our, in, in our area. Mm-hmm. So th- that's how it is. We call um, ahead of time, schedule all the patients. Of course, expect some patients will say no, cancel, yeah. or they will cancel. There, there, there are there are difficult patients that they and they they say, okay, I'm available between eight and nine today. But as soon as you knock at their door, you're gonna say, oh, I'm not ready to do any physical therapy you know you know things like that so ex- mm-hmm. expect those but it's it's probably far and few um in between it's not a very it's more of an exception more than the the rule so you have to prepare of course your everything that you need during during uh the visits your uh vital support thermometer and and all that and you bring um you know the basic stuff for for exercises. Your um, I have a balance foam, uh, a board, a therabands, and all that. So whatever is in the plan of care, that's what I do. But I, I do a lot of functional um, uh, functional stuff instead of exercises. The exercises I can have, I can teach them how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, them a video of I send them a, a home exercise program that they can do uh, every day. So, but I don't focus much on that. Maybe the first two or three um, visits I do exercise so that they can get into this groove of doing the exercise. But the bulk of uh, my visit is functional. I'm getting in and out of the tub, getting in and out of the uh, 
assist the car, mm-hmm. uh, work on stairs, safety, um, rearranging the house, uh, open up the hallways and all that if, if needed, if the patients will, will allow you. So mm-hmm. basically at home, uh, for home health uh, uh, physical therapy practice, it's a lot of um, home safety, functional training, making sure that they're safe at, uh, at home. And once uh, they're ready, you know, they can get in and out of their car. Somebody can take them to a physical therapy place. For example, you can send them, refer them to the outpatient therapy place. Right. So I agree that that the goal for main goal for home health physical therapy is their safety at home primarily and help them not go back to the hospital, (laughs) prevent them from going back to the hospital. Nice. So we talked about earlier, um, for, like this is for therapists who are about to go to home health and mm-hmm. what things they, they, they need to know. So we talked about earlier, if you're going to be a salaried physical therapist or per visit physical therapist, and you also lightly touched on the area of, of uh coverage for physical therapists so some some physical therapists would cover a lot of like counties right and some would have maybe have a concentration on certain towns so that that's one thing a therapist should know so um other than that um are there other things that a therapist should probably ask or inquire uh the home health agency or company when they're about to start uh their practice okay um pretty much uh before um getting into home health uh, <clears throat> practice or home health business uh, for example we we have to really know what's our what's the reason i mean mm-hmm. what's our motivation mm-hmm. is it uh, flexibility of schedule is mm-hmm. it the pay is it the money is it mm-hmm. freedom right. so i mean say freedom because when I say uh, you do home health, you go, you know, drive from one place to another. another. And I, for, for me, I love that because I, I, I felt free mm-hmm. when I was doing home health. So you have to have your own uh, personal reason why you're shifting to home health. So if the case is flexibility, then home health is your definitely your choice. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know with currently but like i told you anecdotally or historically it's always been higher pay for home health uh, therapists and freedom definitely more freedom for me um you'll be you know as a home health uh, therapist you cannot just go there and you need to be trained mm-hmm. because there are a lot of regulations so you have to know uh, home health regulations and guidelines, you know, as simple as homebound status. Not if it's Medicare A, which is paying for the home health of the patient, we have to be bound by that uh, uh, criterion, which is homebound status. Be homebound. If they're not homebound, then they're not appropriate for for home health. So you know these, you should know these regulations and guidelines. So the federal guidelines coming from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, services there can be state specific guidelines of course from your uh like for example for us from the california department of health it can be guidelines from the 
accrediting agency, you know, in, in the home health setting now, there are three um, accrediting agencies, the Joint Commission, uh, CHAPS, and uh, ACHC. And you have to, you know, be familiar with, with their guidelines. But, <clears throat> you know, um, most of the time prior to doing home health, at least your home health agency that you're going to work with or you're going to work for should at least train you on their guidelines. And lastly, for their for agency-specific uh, policies. Because mm-hmm. always remember, we always follow the strictest. Mm-hmm. So if they're federal, state, or accrediting agency uh, guidelines, but if your guideline in your own home health agency is stricter in your re- written policies and procedures, we should follow those. Whatever is the strictest, we should uh, follow. So um, aside from that, if if you're a therapist, uh, you should get used to being a member of a multidisciplinary team so you don't go in a patient's home alone. I mean, I mean, you, when I say alone, it means that uh, there are other disciplines that you need to coordinate care with the uh, the nurse, the social worker, the uh, OT, speech, and so on and so forth. So you need to get used to being part of a multidisciplinary team. Number four, um, you need to be open-minded. Like what I, what we talked about a while ago, you see the best and the worst of people, right, when you go to home health. But it's amazing. The home health setting is it's a different setting because um, patients and their families are allowing a stranger to go to their home, right? Mm. So, and that's a leap of faith for a lot of patients. Some patients would refuse us to go there because they're not comfortable having another person or a stranger to go there. So that's why um, it's it's very important for us uh, home health therapists to be open-minded in a sense that whatever we see in the patient's home or however the patients or the family members react to us, you know, we should be able to adjust or adapt to that, uh, um, you know, uh, right away, correct? Because, uh, you know, when you go to a patient's home and you see <clears throat> uh, like a, a, the best and the worst, um, you can see the best, uh, nicest um, houses, but you can the the worst, uh, I mean, cluttered, hoarders, mm. and all that. Mm. Nothing, cat fur, full of uh, cat poop. That's true. Um, don't have anywhere to sit, you know, things like that. You have to be open-minded. That you're, mm. you're, It's not going to be ideal. Not every single um, patient's home is like your home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because always remember, a lot of our... Patients in home health, I would say majority probably are um, seniors, 65 plus. And most mm-hmm. of these people have enough money to actually really take care of their themselves and their their homes. They don't have anyone that can go there and actually clean. With, their, mm-hmm. with frailty, disability and all that, they cannot clean their home and, and all that. And they have the tendency to be... Um, to have a lot of uh, animals with them. Right. Because, you know, they're lonely. So yeah. <laughs> the only one of the things that they can do is have 
somebody to talk to or somebody to take care of, which are animals. So we can see all of that. So, and lastly, um, you be you have to be uh, you have to accept the responsibility that. Um, you are not there as a therapist only. You can be jack of all trades, which was we we talked about a while ago. We can we can be a CNA uh, or a home health aide. We can be a social worker. We can be a, a nurse, and so on and so forth. So right. <laughs> yeah, those that they look into. And if they're ready, then home health is actually, I would say, um, the best uh, setting to. To rehabilitate uh, patients, it's it's very um, what I, I cannot uh, fathom the the word. Um, it's 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 a very rewarding experience if you see uh, these patients from completely bed bound or something like that. When you see the, or they are ma- maximal assist when you see them initially and eventually being able to drive their car things like that. So you know in any in any setting anyway, but. In the home health setting, it's pretty much, um, you know, you're already there right before you progress them to the, out, to the outpatient. They're pretty much almost independent and safe at, at home when you discharge. So for me, what I like about working in home health is um, as a clinician, you have the independence of uh, providing the intervention that they really needed at home. So mm-hmm. you're not really stuck with... Uh, like what you said to the exercises, you're, okay. you can yeah you can go more functional. You can go like go up and down the stairs. What do you do around the house? What would make you safe if I leave you? And those mm-hmm. kinds of things, as well as um, you can concentrate more on patient education that you can't mm-hmm. really do in in um, a skilled nursing facility where you can just like imagine what the, their house is like. But in home health, mm-hmm. you're already in their house. What can I educate you for to 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 make you more safe here? So, great lesson that you learned from your home health experience. Pretty much, the the I would say the the greatest uh, lesson. You know, I would say in a perspective of a owner of a home health uh, agency, um, I would say is the the most important lesson is um, it taught me to really advocate for our patients and our community. So I'm not just advocating in a perspective of a physical therapist, but um, it's more on helping, you know, the, the healthcare delivery system in, in our community to, to work more efficiently and, you know, be part of, be part of the solution more than part of the, the problem. That's why, when um, for for me, I, I usually attend uh, uh, post-acute collaborative meetings with skilled nursing facility administrators and home health agency owners and all that. When when we talk about how we work together as as a as part of the healthcare delivery system, we realize that when when we become not competitors but more on we collaborate with each other, help each other. I think it helps um, prevent patients from from uh, being rehospitalized. And uh, you know, I would say 
overall, that's the most rewarding part of being a um, business owner. And also, it um, it also taught me and my wife, uh, you know, what you call um, uh, resilience. You know, mm. uh, when you're a business owner, there will be ups and downs, uh, peaks and troughs in 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 your business. There will be a point where you know it's do you you know my wife and i talk about are we want do we want to continue um with this business or not i'll I'll share you i usually don't share this um you know private information but um you know for the sake of those um therapists who or, or even clinicians who want to delve into having their own home health i mean uh, home health um, agency or hospice agency that you know it, it there's a lot of trade-offs with um with owning a business uh, you know trade off your time for your family trade off uh, money um a lot of things and you know during our first two years after we after we acquired imperial home health you know it came to a point that it it um literally exhausted all our financial resources. So it came to a point where, um, you know, uh, all our bank accounts are zero. We're done to almost uh, max out all our credit cards. Um, You know, and it came to a point where we have to dig into coins from our little, uh, I mean, our um, water bottle where we put all our coins in there just to use it for, for offering in church. I mean, oh. it came to that point and, um, you know, we, it, it was a, it was an aha moment for us because, uh, you know, we told ourselves, um, is it still worth it to, to move forward? You know, after all these happened, because we can just, uh, let go and, you know, get, um, salary jobs. Uh, you know, I even thought of, you know, I can work at Kaiser and, and all all that so but you know we persisted we we said you know we're already in the middle i know it's part of of uh, every business it's like a struggle and we said we hit the wall and we said should we continue and we we continued we we were resilient so we were we we moved past that point and you know we we became i would say successful um in a way, you know, I think those are the 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 lessons that we learned from, you know, um, owning a home health uh, business. So I, I guess you already answered one of my questions. <laughs> what what uh, what do you think physical therapists need to possess in order to succeed? You, you mentioned being resilient. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have something to add to that? So aside from resilience, you know, um. Um, how about let's just focus on what um, <clears throat> what does it take for 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 us to create our own uh, home health business? So mm-hmm. um, let's let's because we're going to talk about that um, anyways. Um, so first of all, you need to know what type of uh, business you want to get into. Is it home health contracting? Is it um, home Medicare B outpatient to patients home, or is it owning a certified Medicare certified home health agency like, like us? 
-hmm. And you need to know what your goals are. Um, Do you want to remain small, medium, or large? But normally when you start small, you eventually have bigger bigger dreams, right? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things that you need to... take into consideration what number one what are your what's your motivation is it money uh, you know i mean there's a lot of uh, clinicians number one motivation is money and you know i i cannot i i i not disagree with them having money as their main motivation it, it's okay um it, it's it's okay to have that is it advancement is it ambition so it really depends number two um are you business oriented? Uh, not everyone is, you know, uh, are born to be business owners. I, I believe uh, um, some people can learn to be business owners, but there are people who are really um, born to be business owners. If you, if you're, you, you know that if you're that type of, of person that, you know, always remember that to be a business owner, you're not only thinking about yourself. You're thinking mm-hmm. about the num- the all your the people that work for you. For you, correct. Mm-hmm. So you have to have um, um, adequate knowledge on um, dealing with people. Um, not not all uh, people are business uh, oriented. So you have to learn some basics on business, how to manage money, how to manage uh, people, how to manage referrals, you know, how to be, uh, you know, more people oriented, which is one thing that we're still working on, um, you know, and you also have to have the money, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you, if you want to own a, um, a home health contracting probably will not require you to have, you know, the capital. But it will require you your human capital, which is your effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also the possibility that these agencies that you will be contracted with will not pay you. You, ha- you have to have that in mind because even though you have contracts, always a chance they will pay you. But if you want to have like a um, Medicare home health agency, you have to have enough Money. You have to know if you want to do a startup uh, home health agency or are you just going to acquire an existing home health agency. For us, we never did start. We all did um, acquire a, an existing home health agency. We felt that time is of essence and time is money. So if we're going to do a startup, it's going to take us a long period of time to get Medicare certified. Probably will take us... Uh, uh, two to three years to even get our um, Medicare, uh, I mean, certificate certification number. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so at least uh, there was mo- there were multiple uh, therapists uh, that actually messaged me and spoke to me about, you know, what, how does it take, uh, how much money do I need to start another agency? I would say at least three hundred thousand. Yeah, to start a Medicare um, home health agency. It doesn't matter if you acquire it or if you do a startup, but that's around the uh, um, the, the rough uh, ballpark um, 
number. And um, the thing there is, if you do, for example, a startup, you have to have your own office, you have to have your own administrator, your, your, you know, so you have to pay them until the time that Medicare gives you your, your Medicare number once you can, that's the only time you can start billing and that will be probably on the third or fourth year. So, but if you, when you buy a, um, a home health agency that's um, already the Medicare number with billing ability, for example, you, you pay for it for 300,000, 400,000, you still have to have enough money for at least two years that you'll be able to, because you, you can you you cannot um, uh, the the ability to build networks of referrals takes time. It doesn't like you just go to the hospital and they will send you patients. No, that doesn't it doesn't work that way. You have to always be present. Go there on a weekly basis. You have marketers and they either they have to see you consistently before they even you know. Um, even look at your brochure and all that. And it takes some time for us. It took us probably two years to get established in our, in our agency. So that's number three money. Number four guts, guts and guts. So you have to want it. I mean, um, I, I have told many uh, therapists that asked me, you know, uh, what does it take? I said, you have to want it. You have to have the guts. You have, you know, if if you're fifty percent only for it, don't do it because it will take a lot of your time. It will take a lot of your money, and you know, to be able to get to that, uh, you know, do the leap of faith, you have to have the guts. Number number five, you have to have the heart for advo- advocacies. I mean. You have to advocate for your patients. You have to advocate for your community. I think that's that's a very important aspect because if you're just there for the money, I think money will come and flow afterwards. But the most important thing is to take care of your patients at the same time taking care of your community. There's a lot of trade-offs, um, like I was telling you about time. If you have a growing family, I don't recommend it to because it will take a lot of your time away from your family. Having a business uh, dealing with the federal government, the state, the accrediting agencies and all that, and dealing with so many people, um, you know, you have to trade off the family time. You have to trade off, um, you know, um, the precious times for your, uh, for your children. For us, we, when we started our home health agency, we had... A young kid and now we we have another young little girl so we're already there that's why we just persisted we just you know we said we'll just continue next um when you reach to a point where you hit the wall like i was telling you a while ago it's very important you know to muster all your strength and you know uh we've already um gone a long way already halfway or you know why would you stop in the middle? So just persist, just be resilient. Number, um, is it number seven? Um, you also have to know the market or the competition in your, in your area. Not all areas are conducive for home health. If you go to Texas, for example, Houston 
has more uh, home health agencies. I think four home health agencies per Medicare recipient in Houston. Really? So, <laughs> yeah. Or if you go to like uh, Miami or um, Ohio and all that, they have a high density uh, um, of agencies in um, in their area. There are more agencies than Medicare uh, patients. Right. So uh, <laughs> the good, yeah, yeah, that's that's good to know. You know the hot spots in um, uh, for the OIG, for example, they will show you where the agencies are concentrated uh, in the United States. The good thing for us when we move here to <clears throat> Victorville is, um, you know, it's it's multiple cities within short distances from each other. It's not traffic. Um, you know, you get traffic once in a while, but not a lot. So. And there are only very few home health agencies here. Most home health agencies are those that come from down the hill, down your area, Rancho, Ontario, Vina, and they come up here. So there are only very few. And it, it was a good thing for us. And we were there at the right time as well because when we started our agency, the visiting, the VNA of uh, um, Inland Empire, they had a big office here they were vna here but during that time when we started they closed oh we were there at the perfect uh, time so i think i would say ultimately it's uh, divine grace it's you know it's it's a uh, you know there's always divine intervention in everything that uh, that we do so you know if you have um <clears throat> people um listen here, you know, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be religious, but, you know, if there's a higher being that you believe in, I'm very sure it will really help throughout your journey. So, right. Yeah. That's it. That's a nice, nice tip so, to starting your, your business. So we're uh, close to our end. Um, uh, my last question would be like, what are the, three ingredients that are essential in your life right now that you carry with you um, in your everyday life, in your work, in how you interact with others. There's three ingredients. It may be, uh, it may be an event, person, uh, whatever that you are always carrying with you. I think uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, I'm a very, um, religious person. So I believe that uh, there's always uh, um, God's plan for each and every one of us. And, you know, we're just instruments of God. You know, if, if I, I feel like, um, you know, we're just extenders of God's hands to help, uh, to help people, especially in their rehabilitation from the hospital to, um, to home. So I think that's, um, Number one, and everything I do, not just with home health, you know, number one, uh, God is always uh, number one. Um, number two, another um, one of the things that <clears throat> I learned from, you know, um, multiple people um, is the importance of uh, networking with with uh, people. I think uh, uh, if you're familiar with Mike Chua from AFAPT, you know, mm-hmm. he's an somebody who has the most number of uh, networks you know right. I would say I'm 
in the United States. I, I would say that actually that's the greatest um, asset. I mean, it's more than money. I mean, having a lot of people to network with, you can, you know, um, pull every time you need help is, you know, I think that one of the greatest wealth. Mm-hmm. And number three, I think um, uh, I would say family is, uh, uh, you know, one of the most important things. You know, you you're doing what you're doing because of of your family. I think it caps uh, everything that uh, it provides you the inspiration and motivation to 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 go on. It doesn't matter if it's difficult time or it is, um, you know. Uh, the, the happy time so you know that that's it i think those are the three things that that i can uh, share with you know your listeners or viewers <laughs> right so there so faith networking and family yeah. yeah yeah i agree with you with the the networking part because yeah it's it's nice to have people to really contact if you have any questions that you know are like your resource persons if you have any mm-hmm. any any issues with uh, some things, so uh, as an ending, um, what would you want our audience to take away from this episode? Okay, pretty much. If if you want to, you know, it doesn't matter if it's home health outpatient or whatever type of practice. If you really want to do something, you have to put all your heart and soul into it. You have to want it. You have to do it, okay? No, no ifs and buts. It doesn't matter. You hit the wall. It's difficult time. Just persist. I mean, uh, if you really want something, go for it. I think that's it. That's the last thing I if want to like tell everyone. If you like what you've heard and you think so other people can learn something you, from it too, powerful do advice, share right? the link. So again, uh, uh, thank you, Eddie, for uh, sharing your time with us and, and your, your post. Um, also, don't forget to like home, and yeah. follow our social okay, media. Okay, thank you very much, Johan. PT Needle Podcast in Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, see ya.